Yo, 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 people, welcome to the Link Up TV Breakthrough Music Conference in association with Foot Asylum. The first session that I'm going to be starting right now is a session for managers. Guys, make some noise for our panelists to coming out right now, Benny and Buck. All right, well, let's get straight into it. Music management, yeah? When did your journeys into music first start? Ooh. Both of you, bro. <laughs> Buck, go first. No, do you know, my journey was a bit different. I, like, I came in the game rapping. Like, I was one of the coldest rappers about still. <laughs> and then, like, so I, I was rapping. I was doing it on the ends and that, like, with my circle, OTB. And then um, Giggs went in jail. And then when he come out, he wanted to be on the rap team because he was, as he said, inspired by me rapping. And then he just took the rap team carried on doing his thing. It went bigger and bigger. I couldn't keep up with the pace. I started, I found acting. I started doing a bit of that. And then as I was doing that, Giggs was like, basically just kind of managing. Cut a long story short, and then I ended up being in management. Like that. So it wasn't something that you initially really wanted to be involved in, but it just made sense through the knowledge that you were gaining, I guess, from the industry. Yeah, and I was just doing it for my friend. I was just helping my friend get to the next level, just push further and that. And like, I'm not even into the management thing like that, if I'll be honest. Like, I'm not like going to manage a hundred people or I need that, I need that. It's not really my thing. I'm just doing it with gigs and it's just taking it to the levels. Respect, man. Benny, how about your journey? Do you know what? It started with just like an interest and a, and a, and a kind of a fascination in music from like um, just messing around, making beats, um, going to pirate radio. I found that exciting. Going to raves, just interested in music. Not really looking at it as a career in the first instance, but um, I'd say the first time it became apparent it might become a career was uh, there was an event called a jump off. It was like a rap battle night. And I used to go down there and I started helping them out. And that was the first time I felt like, oh, there's something kind of a bit official about this because everything else before was as I said it's pirate or you're just you're just making your little beats and just trying just trying you know what I'm saying but I was just interested in music I didn't know what exactly I wanted to do but just fascinated by just the whole thing do you know what I mean just entertainment music in general so and yeah obviously it was quite a long path before I got into management um I worked at a record label for 10 years I worked at Island Records um and the management thing came because I, I Jack, who is my partner in this, I managed Dave with a guy called Jack Foster, who's a genius. And he was always managing. He was managing Tinchy early doors. That's how we met. We worked on a Tinchy project together, me from a label perspective, him from a management perspective. And we just always got along. And um, I don't know, just always wanted to try and do something together. Had the ambition to try to build a business. Um, but the management thing came much later on. This is more recent for me. You know, I started, my, you know, I probably started, we started looking after our first producers in like 2013, maybe. So, yeah. Now, for people that may be novices to the information about what music managers have to do, uh, could you break down from both your perspectives what a music manager actually is? But please, first. You know, like... <laughs> I'd be lying if I said I knew. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? I'll be, I'll, be, I'll, be, I'll be honest with you because I don't think there's any right or wrong. Someone, the way someone else does it, 
might not be the way another person does it. And I'm doing it with my friend who I've grown up with. We've been through different stuff in life before music was even existed. So some people just manage the artists. They're not really involved in their life, life like that. I'm involved in my friend's life first and foremost, and the business is after. So what I do with gigs like, he could be moaning about something, and then he'll be moaning about that. And then we'll be going through different ideas. So it's just like, I'm just doing business with my friend, if I'm being honest with you. So there ain't no right or wrong answer. Like, oh, you have to do that, you have to do that. Because there, there might be certain things that a manager might, other managers might do that. Gigs might feel, I can't really ask Buck to do that. That's my brother there. Like, he's not like, he doesn't see me as a worker for him like that. He sees us kind of on an even kill. So he might feel awkward asking me certain things. Sometimes it's just different like that. So in my perspective, for me and gigs, it's just a thing like, like I'm just there for him. It's just more like assisting what the ideas he has and wants to make happen and just, just trying to navigate, man. We're just winging it through, man, to be honest. But with hard work and dedication, it's just paying off a bit. Many. I think what Buck said at the end there is very true. Like, I think really and truly, like, yeah, there's many different ways to manage artists, but essentially, like, it's taking the creative aspect, like that creativity that they're, you know, and the music that they're, that they're putting together and just trying, to, just trying to put some organization around how you get that to the people. Like, that is it in a nutshell, you know what I mean? And there's many, many different ways to do that. Obviously, there's a lot of things that it involves, but really, essentially, like, that creative aspect, like, artists are meant to be creative. That's what they're meant to do. They're not meant to be the most organized person in the world or necessarily know exactly how to get from A to B or whatever, but it's a, you know, it's a, it's a big, deep, broad question that is, yeah, yeah, but, yeah. and there's many, many elements to it. But for me, essentially, taking that creativity, taking that music and just trying to obviously help the artists realize whatever their vision might be. Some people might want to try and be the biggest in the world. Some might not, though. Do you know what I mean? They might just want to exist in a small niche world and you just got to facilitate that. So I think understanding what the artist wants to achieve is important and then helping them get there. So it's more progressive, it's more trial and error, would you say? A lot of it is. Yeah. A lot of it is trial and error, yeah. I think like it, it presents you new problems every day and I think you have to wake up with that mindset of like, there's going to there's gonna be some problems today. We're going to have to fix them or we're going to have to find a solution or whatever. Like, there's always challenges, but you can't look at it like a negative. You just, it, that's the job, you get what I'm saying? Like, there's no right answer, like, or right wrong answer. You know that some people will sit here and be like, yeah, you know, we had to do this. Cut the crap, man. Just crack on. Do you get what I'm saying? What's working for Dave might not work for gigs. What works for gigs might not work for Dave. Every artist and every individual is different. And that's what people forget. Some people see a manager being successful and being like, oh, do you know, I need to be with that person because they, they, that might have just worked for them on that situation. They, you don't know how good they are. They might not adapt to... And sometimes the artist is just... The artist does it themselves and it's good like me. I can't, like, gigs will have to say it, but I can't take credit and be like, oh, I've done this, I've done that. I've just added what I can to it. And he does what he does. A lot of people like to be like, oh, it's because of me, because of me. And no, nah, man, we're just working together in it and it just works and we just move forward with that. What are some of the biggest mistakes that both of you made, I guess, early in your journey doing what you're doing now? Um, if there are any. I guess maybe when I say that, I mean things that maybe you, you've done in the early parts of your journey that you, you learned from. 
you learn from it. Maybe it was like a really big lesson for you going forward in terms of how you go about managing now. There's no mistakes between you. Nah, that's not, there's <laughs> mistakes every day, but I just yeah. think, like, what's a big mistake? Like, um, I can't even really think of something, like, specifically that I would pick out, to be honest with you. But, like, everything is, everything is learning. I could tell you mistakes I made yesterday. You know what I mean? Like, it's always learning, like, uh, you know, just, just in, the, in the way that you decide to do things. You can you always have hindsight, and it's always a great thing. And, but uh, a major mistake. No, I'm going to think about that when yeah, it comes think to... Think about that, because even if it's not a mistake, let's say, what's like maybe one of the greatest struggles um, that you've had that's really been beneficial when you're learning, taking it forward? Gov, come in, bro. Come in, come in, make yourself... Hey, guys, make some noise for Gov, sing as well, please. Yes, brother. Nah, you know... Um... Left me hanging for a while, dude. I said, no, bro, come on, man. <laughs> Get comfortable, lads. <laughs> Sorry. I'm not even... Look, I, I put a lot of my faith in God in it, if I'm being honest. So I've never ever really looked at anything as a mistake. I've always looked at it as it's a learning thing and whatnot. And because I'm learning along the way, I'm still even learning today, and I'm finding out new things. I don't say, like, oh, I shouldn't have done that. I'm like, oh, you know what, that's what I learned from that. And in terms of one thing I did have to learn from early, though, is trust the process and that. If things are changing all the time, you believe in something, just run with it. And like, as I was saying in the beginning, like nobody knows what's going to happen tomorrow. No one, there's no expert in it. Do you get what I'm saying? Because when we was coming in it, I told you like, like for free, we used to go places and no one believed, like no one. People were like, nah, it's never going to happen. Our gigs, he raps like this too much. It ain't going to, but we just believed because we, we used to watch, we grew up on a lot of American hip hop. So we saw what was happening over there. We saw certain things, you know what? The people that a lot of people see as the stars today were going through what we was going through in the beginning, every single one of them. So we knew, you know, it can happen if we carry on and that. And it was just the same with us. Like, so we, one thing I had to learn was trust the process and that. And there's no expert. Let's switch the tone, though, because I'm, I'm speaking about struggles and things that you found hard, but let's talk about achievements. Um, and, Gov, I'm going to let you go first. Uh, what's been some of your biggest achievements that you've had um, being a manager? Um, I think they're very, like, everybody has, you know, there's different targets, personal achievements, achievements in business, and then obviously, like, you know, music accolades. So I think the first big award we got was, I think, Miss when he won um, a MOBO one of his videos for us we were independent at the time that video was self-funded self-directed and stuff like by us so for us that was kind of that was a big moment to be honest with you um i think um with, I think what happened with michael dapper and, and the man's not hot record that was definitely a crazy crazy moment for us you know it went global opened a lot a lot of doors in different areas and then I'd say for me, kind of, you know, being able to make music a full-time career, really, to be honest with you, um, be able to live off what, what you love and, you know, have staff that also share the same goal and vision, be able to provide for them to live a life and have a job that they love as well. And, yeah, just kind of being able to facilitate people's dreams. So, I think, yeah, there's... A lot of different kind of achievements that you rate differently. So, 
Yeah, I'll probably think about music. Yeah, them two are pretty, pretty up there. I like that. Um, Benny, let's go to you. Uh, what's been, I guess, or you could say one, or you could say some of the biggest achievements that you've had um, in your career so far? Yeah, I think like, yeah, just getting a full-time job like after, because I was just messing around, just grafting and trying to do things, but it was never nothing official, do you know what I mean? And I think like getting, getting an opportunity and being said like, yeah, you got the job, like, that was huge for me. At that time, I was like 22. You know, that was just a big deal for me. You know, that, was a, that was a proud moment, I think, because I'd never felt like, I don't know, like a sense of just doing something official. Like everything was such a hustle, like everything always hustling. And it's like to think, all oh, right, now I've got a job. Like, I felt, felt a good sense of achievement for that. I think, um, look, like to be honest, like last week seeing Dave achieve what he achieved and, like seeing his mum, seeing his friends, like that was very satisfying to think like, fucking hell, like this, this happened for him. Like that was like very, very satisfying, especially for his mum, you know what I'm saying? Because he was due to go to university and yeah. there was a, there was a um, conversation when he was telling his mum, like, I don't want to go to uni, I want to do music. And she wasn't really too happy about that. Understandably, do you get what I'm saying? And I think like, even for her to get her head around, like, like, me, Jack, like going to his house, like who are these guys that are saying <laughs> they're gonna manage my son? Yeah, yeah. Music, like, we, what, what does this even mean? Yeah. You know, um, and we can take it for granted because maybe you might know the industry or people might be interested in the industry. But to tell a parent like your son's not going uni and he's smart, but he's not going uni, he's gonna crazy. He's, he's, he's um, yeah, he's gonna pursue music. That's a lot for a lot of people to get their head around, so, and I think like. You know, at different points, she's obviously understood like, oh, okay, like that's happening, this is happening, and it's become again more official. But you know, seeing what happened last week was, yeah. it was a nice moment, and I know she felt really proud of him. Do you know what I mean? And I think that was quite, that was quite satisfying. And I won't forget like the little speech that she gave. Do you know what I mean? When his album came out to to, to all the friends and the family, and it was, that was nice, man. That was like proper amazing moment. You know, yeah. to even just witness that and just be a part of that, so. I don't want to glaze over that as well. Um, can we just make some noise for the fact that Dave had his number one album in the country, please? I don't want to glaze over that. Amazing achievement. Buck, I've known you many years and you've done a lot of things in your career, um, in different areas in the industry as well. But for you, what has been, I guess, the biggest achievement or the proudest moment? I don't know. There's, there's, there's been a few, but... Do you know what? It was actually the other day when we were sitting in the studio, a few of us, um, when gigs had finished the album, it was more, the big achievement was looking around the room and seeing people that we've been in some mad street shit, sorry for the language, together, now having jobs in what we do every day and making money from it and not even thinking of the street stuff again. When I was looking at that, just scanning the room and seeing that person's done that, that person, that, that, that one, has just come out of jail and now he's working with us. It's like, that was a huge moment for me, just knowing that what we're doing is signifying a lot of hope for a lot of people. And it's not even just in music, just in other things. And knowing that we're just local lads, local brothers from the area. No one ain't different. So you can't tell us this can't happen, that can't happen, because you're seeing us and we're just trying... And it's not been easy. It still ain't easy today. But with the perseverance and the faith of God, we can carry on. That's just in music and in film. 
because I wrote a film, um, Victim, years ago, and like, and that was like Letitia Wright's first ever film, and seeing her doing what she's doing in Hollywood now, and I saw that little girl walk into the room for a casting, just shows that if you've got something in your head, just write, just make it happen, because you don't know what the future's going to hold for that thing that you've created and done. Just things like that. Nah, man, make some noise for that as well, man. Come on, man. Bucking doing big things. Come on. And um, Gov, you weren't here um, before, so I just want to kind of maybe touch on a bit of an earlier point as well. And I want to ask you, um, let's, let's elaborate a little bit more on what you do with Catalyst and also your journey into music management. Um, I mean, my journey started, I used to be a promoter, so I used to put like raves on up and down the country, mainly like Midlands and, and West Yorkshire. Um, and so like from there, I kind of, it's a bit, if anyone knows a promoter is a mad hustle. And I always say, if you can, if you're a successful promoter and you can sell out a show, make people leave their house and pay something to get into your rave, like you can be successful anywhere. And I kind of just built up a mad network of, of, of DJs and artists just through booking them and whatnot. And like my first breakthrough act was, he's a house act, so he's not even really in this scene. It's called Tom Zanetti. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So in, in the dance world, you know, he's he's got a platinum platinum record. Yeah, yeah. He's got a gold record. So like, he so I I entered the music industry from like a different angle, but I kind of gave it was a bit of a blessing in disguise because that house and dance world, like it's you know it's it's mad different. Um, it's very industry focused. It's you know. It's, it, you see a lot of different stuff. So I think just learning a lot of things from there and then taking it into my journey from, you know, um, after that, I, I, I've met my producer, Swifter, um, off the back of making Man Don't Care, Jamie and Giggs. Um, and, you know, he's still with me ever since we're building it. He's got some big cuts. And then I think really when things started to lift off, I kind of had that little momentum. Um, and I, I discovered Mist from a freestyle when he came out of jail, and then from there, that was really a that was really a moment because that was from you know something from some from nothing to something. So um, yeah, and literally from there, obviously a lot of work started happening. I was literally doing everything, going to every show up and down the country, all the admin invoices, etc. And then I just thought to myself. At a point, you, you can't get greedy when you start making money. You have to reinvest in your business in order to grow. And that's where I think a lot of people kind of store in this because you, you can't be afraid to put your own money back in, even if you're making it. Just like you view that as the business's money. So, you know, I invested. I got an assistant, which, you know, allowed me to grow and grow. That assistant's now the MD of the company and really kind of learning from my peers and people around me. You know, I had to structure a business, you know, and then, you know, I'm like, a lot of opportunity comes to me now through various different angles. And not every opportunity is a good opportunity. Not all money is good money. So, you know, it's, you've got to just pick and choose the best things that are right for the artist. So, um, yeah, it just literally grew. And then I made a conscious decision. I mean, we, I met Bangles through Mist. And then literally, I remember we used to just, come down and stay at Bangles house. I must have stayed there. We slept in a studio for about, lived in the studio for about eight months, literally sleeping in the booth, like Bangles on the sofa, me in the booth. So he would make music. I'll go out, have all these meetings, 
and whatnot. So like, yeah, I think now that I made the conscious decision to move here because because I had to. Um, but yeah, it all kind of started from from putting on raves, you know, making money, losing money, breaking even, building a network of you know DJs, regional DJs, etc. So it's like I really got. Well, most of my artists are from, you know, the North, like Zanetti is from Leeds. So it's very hard to break like a Leeds dance record nationally and stuff. And, you know, coming down London, no one understood like the culture up there and whatnot. So I was quite kind of educated in that. And I kept hammering the doors like there's different sounds in different cities, like, you know, to labels and whatnot. And yeah, eventually it's just perseverance, man. Um, and just having a kind of relentless attitude of, of achieving your goals. Really. If there was like one piece of advice that you would go back and give to yourself earlier in your journey, what would that be, Benny? I'd just say just try a lot of things. Like, you know, it's, it's easy to think you want to do something, but just try a lot of things because you never know where you're going to end up. Like I didn't particularly plan on being an A&R or a manager, um, but I tried, a, I tried and I, I don't want to say failed, but I, I tried a lot of things and it didn't work out. Do you know what I mean? Wherever I was trying to make beats, wherever I was trying to DJ, wherever I was trying to uh, do radio, wherever I was trying to, just a lot of things. you know what I mean? Like I started in a label in marketing, you know what I mean? And I moved over to A&R and then I ended up in management. So I've tried a lot of things and I think it's, it gives you a good understanding of the whole business, do you know what I mean? And I just think, don't be afraid to do that. Like, I, th I think there's a thing where a lot of people think, oh shit, man, like I'm 21, I need to get serious. But like, like, this could happen at any age, do you know what I'm saying? Like, some of the most successful uh, successful people that I know didn't have any success till they was 35. Yeah. Older sometimes, do you get what I'm saying? And I think that, that sounds mad. When you're 21, you think that's so old. But, like, just use these years, use this time, man. Like, you, you just just as long as you're gaining experience and investigating all the different areas to, to, to find what you, what you love, you know, whilst you've got the time to do that, do it. Whilst you don't have mad bills and responsibilities and you're like way deep into some next area of life just know that you've got time to do that and just I think a lot of people also it's easy to say you want to do something you, you want to be something but really when it comes down to it, are you willing to make that sacrifice you know are you willing to not go on that holiday with your friends are you willing to not like spend your money on certain other things so that you could you know what I mean like just if you're going to, you know, be serious about it and just do make, do make the right sacrifices because I do believe that you, it does, you, you can be rewarded, you get what I'm saying? But just don't be afraid, man. Don't be afraid to just try shit. Use your time. Don't put yourself under mad pressure thinking that, you know, you're in your mid-20s and you ain't got it all figured out. Like. And you used to make beats as well, so what, there's some Benny beats out there? There's some beats out there. What are you telling there, me? You know? There's some beats there, you know? I have to, yeah. I have to bring there's them up, my brother. There, what are you boy? telling me? You saying you got some raps? Yeah, I got some boss. Right. Um, but same question. No, just um, not everyone is gonna get your vision, and it doesn't mean they're a hater or they're against you. Some get it later on, some don't. Just have to just trust the process, and most importantly, enjoy the journey, man. How does it feel when they get it later on? Do you feel like I told you? Do you get it like I told you? No, feeling? no, no. Because some people don't like. It doesn't matter. Like, some people ain't going to get it. I'm never that I told you so. I'm just more like, boy. Like, <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I'm just like, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. Like, you can't even, you shouldn't take, just don't take things personal. Yeah. Because sometimes it's not. Like, if someone don't get the vision, they just don't get it. 
no big deal. Gov, advice that you'd give to yourself um, from what you know now, going back early in the journey, what would you tell yourself? Um, don't believe um, everything that anyone from a label will tell you or whatnot, to be honest with you. Like, don't, <laughs> don't think they're right. Like, you know, when you first go in, you're kind of, you're shocked. Like, oh, these guys must know everything that they're telling me is right. Like, yeah, they're, they're the guys, you know. And then you listen to them and things start to mess up. Do you get what I mean? When really it's you and the artists have created that heat together. Do you get what I mean? So like, let that they should let you carry on and just sprinkle some magic on top. Like, so that for me, yeah, don't don't believe everything they say. You know, like I said, like here, yeah, trust the process. Um, and just kind of like, if you like, don't alter your creative vision or your sound or whatever for anyone else. Because at the end of the day. They don't make the artists, you know, the artist makes the artist and, you know, you're the one that makes them tick. So, yeah, and that's, yeah, that's probably one thing. Um, like I said earlier, guys, I am going to be passing out the opportunity for you guys to, uh, any questions you have, you can ask any of the guys on the panel. So I'm going to ask one more question and after that I'm going to come to you. So please have a think about what you would like to ask if you do have any questions. Uh, last question, guys, is there may be some people who are maybe even starting right now in their journey of managing or maybe thinking about becoming a manager, um, what would be some of the, I guess, top tips that you would give to them based on, I guess, maybe what you've learned from your journeys or what you know? I'll start with Benny on that one. I would say, yeah, it's important to like really love your artist's music. That sounds mad obvious, but like, like, just love your artist's music and just be in the detail with it, of it, with them. Um, I think that's fundamentally important. Listen very keenly to what your artist is saying as well. Like, I think some of the best artists have really good vision. They might not um, always articulate it in the most easily digestible way. But I honestly think a lot of the best artists, like, they, they do know what they're doing. A lot of the time, like Buck said at the start, it's like, it's not really, for me, in my experience anyway, like, you know, especially with Dave, it's like, he knows what he wants to do, you know, like, most of the ideas are his ideas. Um, and it's just trying to, it's just trying to decipher what he's trying to say and where he's trying to go and like what he's trying to tell you, you know, so that you can then bring in the wider team and kind of translate that. So like, listen very keenly. Um, yeah, and be in the detail. Uh, and I think, yeah, like what, what Gov said as well, like not everyone's always going to see it. Like, and there's, there's real life instances where there's, there's some people's opinions that I really value and that I really want validation from just naturally, right? And many times in my career, I've not had that. And I could have been dissuaded from that because I think, fuck, like that person really, like their opinion means a lot to me, but they're not feeling it. But you just have to have an unwavering belief in yourself and in your artist, like unwavering. Do you get what I'm saying? And like, just don't don't let the naysayers or the or the because those see see. Sorry that I'm babbling here, but like, <laughs> like those little things, right, can just be like a passing comment to someone in the day. Like, do you like that song? I said, no, nah, I'm not even really feeling that song or whatever. But they're just going through their day. They might have had whatever kind of day. They might have woke up, had an argument with their missus, missed the bus, whatever. They're just not in the zone to even receive this right now. 
But that passing comment could sit heavy with you. Do you get what I'm saying? But they didn't even really mean it with that kind of weight as well. That's important to know. So just like be confident and have faith in what you're doing and don't really take too much from, you know what I mean? Like somebody not rating what you're doing if you personally believe in it or if you think that it's the right thing. Um, yeah, just just back yourself. Like that's mad important, man. Um. Well, definitely have a partner that's understanding if you're having a girlfriend, a boyfriend, whatever, have a partner that's understanding because some of the times you're out doing what you're doing, that could be extra headache you don't even need. I'm like, yo. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's true. Trust me. See, he's saying his tree's been through it. He's had yeah, bare yeah. relationships that have broken down. Pain. Yeah, you look in pain. God, if you look in pain, you're right there, bro. Yeah. No, and you've got to have patience, man. I'll, when I was growing up, people didn't know me. I, I had patience, but not as much patience yeah, as yeah. I've got now, man. Like, whoa. You know what I'm saying? You've got to be able to take a little bit of abuse. You know, like when you're sitting there and someone's just, you're hearing them diss your artist and do that. Just not feeling it. Sometimes I want to be like, Ben's even been in a meeting before when I've been like, what? I dare you, man. I ain't rating. <laughs> before when I was at Ireland and that. Yeah. And then, I'm back your artist, man. Because a lot of the time, yeah, a lot of artists, they, the exterior, they can, appear like they're confident and they're in control of it but you know deep down like they just need that bit of a reassurance that they might not get out of there because you got to remember especially in this social media world there could be 20 positive things but you kind of always dwell on the negative one that you see and sometimes it could be nothing that relates to you but that might hit hard in case you had a doubt of that before and someone highlights it so it's really it's really backing them and just being there for them. That's what a lot of the time it is, you know, just letting them know, like, yeah, we've got this, man. It's cool. And someone's got to be that because they're seeing all sorts. They're getting out on the street. Someone's saying this, someone's saying that. And even in the beginning stages when all that ain't happening, it's really, i say, one of the most important things is just backing the artist and just letting them know you're there and that you lot are both in it together. Because that little bit of reassurance can be the thing that just gets it over the edge, man. Same question, man. Yeah, 100%. You've got to be their backbone. Um, as Book was saying, you've um, you got to be prepared to take the blame for literally everything, I reckon. Like, you'll always get blamed for stuff that's not your fault. It's the manager's fault. It's his fault. It's his fault. Like, do you get what I mean? Like, don't... Try not to get emotional. Like I said, when you do get cussed out or whatever, like you got to be patient. You got to keep a calm head. Like you can never have a bad day. The artist can have a million bad days, but at the end of the day, they're always looking up to you because you know their career and their life. You're the closest person to them, really, other than their partners or their missus or their mom. Like you, as their manager, are the closest person. You're the one. I guarantee these lot speak to their act every day. They probably have for however long they've been with them. Do you get what I mean? So, um, yeah, you've got to just have a balanced view on everything. Obviously, be really understanding of the artist. And you've got to, like, know them inside out. Like, if people, things come to you, like, you've got to know already, like, I'm not even going to tell him that that came because he's just going to shut it down. Do you get what I mean? You've got to know, like, whether it's even worth entertaining that conversation or not. Do you get, you're almost like their brain is inside you, so you're like, no, there's no point because he's, he's not going to like it or he's not going to do it. Like, you know, like, you're at a stage and these two are at that stage as well, definitely, where they know, like, 
I'm not even entertaining that because you know exactly what your artist is like, you know, and just kind of um, think like, you know, always think five steps ahead of a situation, you know, always know because how a situation has gone based off experience, you know. Um, so just, yeah, I feel like, yeah, great relationship with your artist. Make sure you share the same vision, um, have the same passion about their music and their product as, as they do, you know, because at the end of the day, you're the one that's piecing it and putting it out there to the world. Do you get what I mean? They're not coming into marketing meetings, planning meetings and whatnot. So you got to sell that with the same passion, they'll sell it. And if you ain't got the same passion, you, you'll be able to see straight through you, man. So, yeah, you got, you're, you're the voice of the artist in the business world. Most importantly, though, like, take time for yourself. Yeah. Take time for your own sanity and live your life as well. I know you're living, because a lot of managers can tend to live through their artist's life and then you see later on down the life, some are bitter, some are like, you've got to take time out for yourself. That's most important. Even if you take a holiday there, do that. Like, it's very important to focus on yourself at times and enjoy your journey as well. Um, so like I said, I want to pass out um, opportunity to the audience to ask any questions. Have you got a mic as well, yeah? Um, do you need me to help you, boy? You've got two, yeah? Um, all right, let's go over here first. Over here, this right here. Yeah, this question's for Benny. Um, from a fan's perspective, how did you aid to the development of Dave as an artist? From the black box he had at the start of his career to obviously psychodrama, which he just released. How did you aid to him as a developer? You know what? Dave should be here to answer this because I swear to you, this is his vision. I swear to you. And the black box, I was not there from the start at the black box. The black box, um, you know, the black box and the cypher, the street stars, um, even Jekyll and Hyde, like he had that all. Do you get what I'm saying? By the time that Jack and I uh, came to him. Um, but he... He knew that he needed to start with freestyles. He knew, for example, like firing the booth was going to be massive for him. He spent months writing that and practicing that and getting that tight because he knew that that was going to be another big moment. Um, he knew that he needed to be able to display uh, a different side of him, which is why Thiago Silva came about, right? Different tempo, upbeat. This is a guy that was known for being super deep and introspective and rah, rah, but he knew that, like, he knew he needed to do that. Um, he always wanted to work on, on projects, you know, so Six Paths um, and Game Over again, like not to say that those ideas were fully formed, but these were discussions that we were having pretty early. And again, when I say to you, like artists have, like the best artists have a good vision, you know what I mean? He really did have that in his head. I'm not saying he had the fully fledged plan, but, you know, he, he, had, he had these ideas. And then it's just about discussion constant discussion and development of those ideas and um you know sometimes things are not realistic and you've got to kind of you know rein it in a little bit but for the most part um yeah it's like he you know the the the, the sort of uh, the inception of an idea and then just talking about it a lot developing it a lot and yeah you know knowing on a on a on a yeah like the production level or the creative level who you're going to go to who you're going to vibe with and just feeling it all out it was like a great it's been a great journey of artist development like even the way that he used to write to how he is now like it's changed a lot you know he was obviously young and it was early um 
But yeah, taking the time, building it slowly and properly, and just having that confidence and that faith that good music will always cut through and prevail. So not to be in a rush whenever you've had a whenever you've had a moment. Like I think that the Drake remix could have defined him. We could have focused so much on that that it could have defined him. But like I guess we all spoke about the fact that like that's an amazing moment. But you don't need to go and do no interviews about that though. That was very conscious. You know what I'm saying? Because you could have just swallowed him up. That's a massive moment, you know. But knowing that, like, yeah, there's more music to come, and it was important for him to come back off the back of that and have, you know, Samantha or whatever, and you know. So, yeah. Um. Anybody else? Where is the mic? Can we just pass it? Yeah, this part. So yeah, let's just over here. Let's go over here straight because it's closer to where. Ah. Yeah. This question is for all three of you. Um. In terms of networking. Uh, how have you guys been able to navigate through this industry and getting yourself in front of the right people um, to obviously, you know, get get more make more opportunities for yourself? My my thing's been different. Like I, I'm I'm a man like I've never really networked. To be honest, I've just met people, and if we've connected, we've connected. Like just through, I've never gone and say, you know what, I'm gonna go there and network that's just not that it works for other people but it's never really worked for me and how like how i've been able to work with other people if it had come say i've met someone and we might meet today it might not be this year or next year we do something it might be something that comes right in the third year it's just keeping the relationship going if you connect with someone and you never know what happens in the future that's just been with me personally it might be different for other people um yeah, I mean, with networking, I think back in the day I went to like a one event like this, but um, which was good, and and it's good that Linkup's doing it. But I think with networking, when you've got like that heat, the network kind of comes to you, you know. Um, so I wouldn't really focus on I need to meet this person because you can meet that person and they may not really give a shit about you. So like I wouldn't. Like, put it all, I need to network, I need to do this, I need to meet this person. Do you get what I mean? Um, yeah, I agree with what Buck says, it will happen naturally. I don't go, you don't have to make that a main focus of your career. Like, like if you're at an event, a big, big event later down the stage, you know, and, you know, there's opportunities and there's serious people and, you know, because you're in that room, they know you're a serious person, then by all means, you know, you can talk and rub a few shoulders, but... Right now, I think your focus should be um, on building a hype so the network comes to you. I agree with that. I don't think it's like, not even to be harsh, but it's like you could take all of our email addresses or whatever and say, right, I've got these man's details or whoever else in here. But like really and truly, if you, do, if you focus on getting an artist and getting an act, you know, you think of a new artist that's come out recently that's got any kind of heat. I guarantee they probably met everybody in High Street Ken and whatever in the music industry. Like, like, like that gone from nothing to that you know to having a big phone book straight away so i think like really focusing on the talent and the artistry is, is, is time better spent to be honest with you cool um i know time has run out but i want us to make as much noise and give a massive salutation <laughs> to the London. thank you thank you guys yeah i'll be back shortly thank you guys <laughs>